and fans of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. This is John Schofield, and welcome aboard another episode of Sing Second Sports. Joining me is our co-host, Ward Carroll, and also our special guest, Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette newspaper. We're going to break down a bunch of stuff today. We're also very happy to be joined by a football brotherhood member and co-founder, I think, uh, Frank Shank, former kicker, um, for the Naval Academy football team and object of Chris Cervello's fanboy fanaticism. Uh, we're also going to be joined, speaking of fanboy fanaticism, for me, we're going to be joined by Molly Swiger, uh, the goalkeeper for the Naval Academy soccer team, uh, who was between the pipes for the penalty shootout against Colgate this past weekend, the penalty shootout, which we won to send Navy to the NCAA tournament. But there was a lot more going on, and we're going to break that down here with Wags and Ward here in a minute. Uh, some baseball, some lacrosse news, and some other stuff going on. Uh, most notably, and I want to kick this off first by saying in our last pod, we were talking about what was happening and not happening during commissioning week. There's been more information on that. Uh, number one, there will be a Herndon climb for this current plebe class, but it will not be during commissioning week, and it will not be open to the public as it has in years past, and there will actually not be a ring dance. Uh, so that's just a clarification for what we talked about in the last pod. The ring dance will be sometime in the fall, TBD. Obviously, a lot of COVID stuff for us to get over uh, before stuff like that happens. But as we get closer to commissioning week, we'll give you more information about what we know. But for now, let's break it down with sports. Wags in the past week, other than the women's soccer uh, awesome victory, which we're going to talk about more at length, with Molly Swiger, what did you observe and where are we standing in terms of, you know, the more notable sports at the Naval Academy? Well, let's start with men's lacrosse, John. I was up at uh, Ridley Athletic Complex in Baltimore, Navy Loyola. That's been a house of horrors for Navy men's lacrosse. Normally, when they go up to Baltimore to play Loyola, they get smacked badly. Um, and frankly, Loyola has owned Navy uh, in the series. And especially since they uh, Loyola joined the Patriot League. So I think that it was the biggest win of the very young Joe Amplo era. He's in his second season, only 10 games. I mean, think of that. Joe Amplo's in his second season in Navy, and Navy men's lacrosse has only played 10 games in during his tenure. But huge, huge win for Navy, especially considering that Loyola had beaten Navy you know, and Ward and I were there. Loyal had beat Navy decisively in Annapolis. So uh, Navy came ready to play, John. But they jumped on Loyola 6 nothing, And it was like, wow. And Loyola was reeling. They were like, what is going on here? We're on our home field. Uh, it's senior day. What What is happening? And uh, Navy, you know, now you knew Loyola was going to come back. And they did. But Navy absorbed the punch. Jeff Durden, after Loyola had tied the score, Jeff Durden scooped the ground ball in the ensuing faceoff, carried it into the offensive zone and unleashed a shot. He's a long pole. That's a long stick, uh, Jeff Durden. And uh, that put Navy back ahead immediately, which is really a big confidence boost. And then Christian Daniel, with the play of the game, 
Navy won the ensuing faceoff, had possession, and, you know, if they run down the entire shot clock, they leave Loyola with 48 seconds left to try to tie the game. So timeout on the field, and Loyola coach Charlie Toomey decides he's going to take the ball away. So he sends his goalie down to the offensive end to bring another defensive player into the defensive zone, and then they double the ball. They put their two best defenders on Christian Daniel, and Navy assistant coach Brad Ross had anticipated exactly that, and he told Daniel, he rest, took off, ran to the top side, beat those two, the double team. He realized the goalie's not even in on this side of the field, so he turned immediately to the goal and raced in and fired a shot into the empty net, clinched the game. Great, great win for Navy. A little bit of news for you, John, um, and it, it's not official, and it may not happen because there's a vote, but I can tell you that I think that that victory may have got Navy into an expanded Patriot League tournament. I believe the Patriot League is going to announce that it's expanding the men's and women's lacrosse tournaments by from four teams to six. And if that's the case, both Loyola men uh, or Navy men, and I don't know, I have to check on women. I don't know where they stand, but I believe there's a good chance that both the Navy men and women would then be in this expanded tournament. So you mentioned the women's team. They also played Colgate on Saturday and came away with a 12-5 victory, um, you know, with uh, goals by Nicole uh, Victory, Lindsay Beardmore, Gil Ebby, uh, Reagan Roloffs, uh, Lazaridis, Dietzel, and Zagaya. Um, it just a fantastic win, um, you know, for, for the women. And again, you know, they're now six and three and two and two in the Patriot league. That would have really sucked. Um, if these teams couldn't get into an expanded Patriot league tournament, Ward, what do you, what do you think, um, in terms of going forward, the opportunity for these teams to, to play in the postseason? I sometimes put myself in the same position that Chris is, or we were talking about during the basketball season, which is. Hey, are they actually motivated or after all of this rum and after all this shit and after all of the, the coronavirus and all this crap, like, let's just have the season end. But any competitor wants to play in the postseason, right? I mean, the thing they probably fear more than another rum or coronavirus is not having the opportunity for their career to continue to progress, right? I don't think the issue, as we hear week in and week out from the midshipman athletes that we talk to on the show, their motivation is not in question here. They show up ready to go. They're always ready to go. They're not beefing about the coronavirus. There's That's not the issue. I think what we're talking about here is the calculus of having such a small season. So here we are jumping up and down that they're three and on undefeated and they lose two in rapid succession. We're like, the season's over, you know? And so that's just a small data set. Last show, we were framing everything. It's like, okay, maybe we beat Army, and then we claim some you know, semblance of a successful season, and then wags out at the fact that Army's really good, and that probably isn't going to happen. And then, lo and behold, we go to Loyola, and we win, and it reframes everything. Um, you know, So um, I'm amazed, uh, in a way I shouldn't be, of just how much heart these athletes have and good on coach Amplo. I think all of this is great for the future. And I think we're seeing never count them out. 
And they're not, to your point, they're never going to show up like, oh, geez, what was us? We had that 28-day layoff. And so now we'll just phone it in. That's absolutely not what uh, happened here. So uh, I, like you, believe they should have, like the basketball team, an opportunity for an expanded Patriot League tournament. That would be great. And I think fair in light of this weird COVID season that we've had. So uh, an update to what WAG said, the women's lacrosse standings right now, um, if it's four and four, um, the in the north, Army West Point is in first place, Colgate, then BU, and then Holy Cross. In the south, Navy currently sits fourth uh, behind Loyola, Maryland, Lehigh, Bucknell. Um, it's between Navy and American down there. Navy's 0-2 in the Patriot League South, American's 0-3. Uh, so Navy has two big games left in order to secure this on the women's side at American this coming Saturday and then home against Bucknell on May 1st to try to secure their way forward. And let's not forget that the men's team has a very small game, allowing 17,000 fans in Navy Marine Corps Stadium for the Army games. Well, real quickly, <laughs> let me wrap up on the lacrosse. I misspoke. The I should have pointed out that the Loyola victory last Saturday does not count toward the Patriot League playoff standings. Um, the first game against Loyola was the one that counted. So Navy men's lacrosse was out of a four-team playoff because they lost to Loyola and Lehigh, and that meant that those two teams would be the only two South Division teams in the tournament. However, if they expand to six, what would happen is Lehigh – would get a bye, and Navy and Loyola would play each other for the right to go play Lehigh. Uh, that's how it would work. And I'm pretty sure, and John did correctly point out, the women's lacrosse does have to beat Bucknell and American because those games count toward the standings. But I believe it's the same. If Navy beats Bucknell and American, it's a similar situation because Navy has already lost to Loyola and Lehigh in women's lacrosse. And therefore, it would be a same deal. Um, they would probably play Lehigh because I think Loyola beat Lehigh. And they would play Lehigh and Loyola would get a bye on the women's side. Exactly. And you're exactly right. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll play Winston Wolf here for our uh, for the purposes of our podcast. That let, let's, let's have the men beat Army on Saturday. Let's have the women beat American and then um, come May 1st, if the women beat Bucknell, uh, we'll be exactly where we want to be, which is with both lacrosse teams um, in the Patriot League tournament with the chance to go to um, with the chance to go to the NCAA tournament, which uh, you know should always be the goal. Some other things that happened over the weekend, BZ, um, tell your squad leader to men's tennis for beating Army up at West Point uh, 4-1, a big star win for tennis. Well done to them. Uh, baseball split with Bucknell. Uh, Kip Simons, NCAA-bound uh, men's gymnastics squad. Their goal was to come in eighth. They came in 11th. Uh, but as I was talking to Kip about it afterwards, he said he was very proud of what he saw out there. And then lastly, um, you know, not so good of a, a result for Pat Owens' Navy golf team. Uh, the men's team went up to Army and played at West Point and lost that star match 7-4. to four. But nicer things are on the horizon. Uh, tennis starts the Patriot League tournament this coming week. And then Saturday is another full slate of stuff 
Um, as we go out, I would be remiss if I didn't remind everyone um, that uh, men's and women's swimming and diving, death, taxes, and just beating the hell out of Army. All right. I mean, I think it's like the 85th year or 127th year in a row that men's and women's swimming and diving has beaten Army. They went up to West Point and smoke those dudes again, which is exactly what they're supposed to do. So we're gonna go to break. When we come back, we're gonna talk to Navy Football Brotherhood founder, Frank Shank. We're also gonna talk to Navy women's soccer goalkeeper, Molly Swiger, and then we're gonna take this out. So stick with us, we're gonna go to break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. All right, hey, hey, we're back. Uh, Time for our alumni episode, and we are very, very happy to be joined by 1991 graduate Frank Schenck, a member of the football team, um, retired as a Navy captain, and now living in Pennsylvania, and a member of the Football Brotherhood, which we will get more into in a minute. But without any further ado, uh, Frank, thank you so much for joining the podcast. And can you catch people up on what you've been doing since you graduated in 1991? I appreciate it. Uh, It's great to be here. So spent 24 years in the Navy, uh, started out as a surface warfare and transitioned to the oceanography community for uh, the remaining 21 years. and. Lived in a variety of great places and uh, definitely enjoyed my time in the Navy. Um, retired in 2015 in Dahlgren Hall there. So it was uh, kind of interesting to start and obviously end my career on USNA. And uh, got into the software sales world after graduation. Uh Naval Academy football player Dave Paypack was looking for somebody to run their Navy account at a software company named Autodesk. And um, I've been in the software sales industry for the last five years. Walk us through, um, you know, first as a SWO, and we all know that the best Naval officers start off as SWO and then go to those pointier, you know, pointier tips of the spear communities like public affairs um, or, or me talk for that matter, but walk us through a little bit before I kick it over to, uh, Bill Wagner and Chris Cervello for their questions. What the physical mission gave you your experience hitting a winning field goal against army in 1989, missing a, a field goal to beat Delaware the, the week before, you know, walk me through what failure and success on the fields of friendly strife gave you in terms of success in your Navy career and now in your civilian career? You know, the physical mission at the Academy is definitely significant. My, uh, my teammates would sort of be chuckling right now at the uh, physical part of, of being a kicker. <laughs> there, there's definitely a, a mental component of that, but, you know, just to, you know, be a part of the, the varsity football team for four years at the Academy um, you know, we struggled a bit that, that four year period. Um, but just the camaraderie of, of being with the guys, um, at practice all year, the, the summer trainings that we all did together, 
um, you know, memories for a lifetime. And, you know, just two weeks ago, I was at a uh, golf trip in Hilton Head that we do with uh, 36 Naval Academy guys, class of 91 versus class of 92. And it's, you know, predominantly football players in that group. So um, when, we, when we talk about sort of that bond and, and you know, brotherhood that exists, you know, it, it, it's real. You know, come 30 years later, we're still all hanging out together and uh, um, reliving those, that, those memories together. Chris? I was saying to Frank before we came on the air, um, you know, I had to share my fanboy moment. I've brought up since we've been talking the 1992 kind of recap in the Washington Post. I had forgotten. I mean, I remember that game very well. I was uh, actually in eighth grade. I told Frank I was in high school. I was in eighth grade, a, a huge Navy fan at the time. But I forgot what a drive that was um, to, to get you into position to kick that 32-yard field goal. It's funny. I mean, I'm sort of getting excited thinking about it right, right now. I mean, these are one of the one of the games that I remember as a as a kid. But um, can you talk about that drive um, and then what you thought about as you went out to, to kick that field goal? I mean, I know that this is so long ago, um, but, but to me, it's still, it, it, it's reminiscent of why the Academy sports experience stays with you your entire life. I mean, there's no doubt that as a Naval officer, you made tons of hard decisions. You were put into many, many high profile and stressful situations, but as a young college kid, this is probably the biggest uh, stage that you had been on in your whole life. What, what were you thinking about going into that moment? You know, the way that game was, was progressing, it was just a tight, close game all throughout. And it was just sort of coming down to the fact of, all right, you know, it, it's probably going to come down to something here in the end. And, you know, late in the fourth quarter, uh, the D needed to step up and, and got the ball back for us. And then, you know, with a couple minutes left, we got the ball and, and the offense just started this methodical drive. And, you know, Alton Grizzard was just a man possessed on that drive. Mike Burns and others. And, and the offense just, you know, again, methodically went down the field. And, and I remember having, it was a cold day and I had sort of the big parka on. And as we're going down the field, I hear the cameraman running up and down the sideline behind me going, the kicker's won. The kicker's won. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And they can't find me because I have this big park on and I'm kind of, you know, keeping it on, trying to keep my legs loose. And, and you know, finally, once it looked like, OK, you know, we're in field goal range and I had to take the park off. I, I remember, you know, as I was kicking a ball in the net and, and they finally found me, I looked at them and said, ah, you, you finally found me or something like that. So, um you know, and then when I kind of had to run on the field, uh, you know, I remember they tried to ice me and, um, you know, and I just remember kind of going back to fundamentals of, you know, head down, follow through. And I, I remember at Delaware, I stayed on the field when they called timeout and, uh, you know, whereas a kicker is always used to running in from the sideline 
setting their mark and making their kick. And so, you know, obviously Army Navy, I came back over to the sideline and then tried to make it sort of the routine and rhythm. Um, you know, is that the deciding factor? You know, who knows? But it was just something sort of a, a lessons learned that I took away from the Delaware game that, uh, you know, fortunately it, it uh, worked out favorably in the Army-Navy game, obviously. Last question for me, and then I'll throw it to, to Wags. Um, you, you know, again, as a football fan and as somebody that has followed Navy sports very closely, the brotherhood that you helped uh, start – in, in the sense that the organization is called the brotherhood. I mean, I think that, you know, anybody that played football or was around the football team realizes that that brotherhood has had carried on, you know, really since the inception of Navy football, but it is actually carried over to Navy fans. Um, you, you know, that excitement, that close knit relationship that you guys have has made the Navy football experience better for all of us. Um, do you see that from your perspective um, or is it just, you know, is it just sort of focused from where you guys are on the players? Do you have a sense that the fans appreciate it to the degree that we do? I think so. I mean, the, uh, the experience when you go to a game at Navy Marine, uh, one like none other. And, uh, you know, I think the fans appreciate that. And, you know, obviously us as former players being able to come back and 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 sort of the way the the brotherhood concept exists within the living in the locker room. But then, you know, us as former players ha have wrapped ourselves and, and wrapped a, you know, a, a legit organization around that mantra. And, and I, I think it extends to the fans as well. Hey, Frank, Bill Wagner. Um my quick question, you guys have done great work with the Brotherhood, and I've done numerous stories, including the most recent, about how the Brotherhood helped out John Vereen, former slotback, when his house, uh, due to a tornado, his, uh, he had severe damage to his home. Um, but kind of tell me, what do you all still want to do? do you, I know you have goals. You want to always increase, expand, improve. What, what's kind of some of the things the Brotherhood's talking about doing in the future? Um, yeah, um, you know, obviously we want to grow our membership. We're almost 2000 former Navy football players that are all connected together. Um, you know, hopefully we can, you know, reach out and, and get to about 2,500 members. There's still some folks out there that we need to pull into the organization. And, you know, we are a, a nonprofit and obviously we want to, support the Naval Academy football program, as well as players of the past, present, and uh, obviously future. And, and our engagement within the program is obviously limited just due to NCA regulations, et cetera. But, um, you know, just but the coaches and the team are, are well aware of the organization that exists outside the locker room. And and we do some mentoring sessions for the graduating seniors. And it was amazing to see Coach Ken and the assistant coaches on those mentoring sessions listening in so that they can relay some of the messages back to the team. Um, you know, other things with, with John Vereen and, and Tyler Tidwell. So, you know, as an organization, we're trying to figure out how do we 
continue to support each other. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when we put out the call for John Vereen and, you know, I think $50,000 came in within two weeks. Um, you know, we, we put out the call for Tyler Tidwell and, and like $75,000 came in and we're in the process of working with the Travis Manu foundation and the tunnel to towers foundation. And, Tyler Tidwell's mortgage is going to be paid off here within the month and, and him and his family are going to be mortgage free. So, um, and just yesterday we renewed our season tickets that the brotherhood has in the, in the South end zone there. And we're up to 140 season tickets, just shy of $50,000 worth of tickets that we purchase from NAAA. So, you know, whether it's, money going into the football program or it's money to, you know, help our members. And, you know, 10 years ago when we started this brotherhood as a formal organization, you know, money was definitely not in the forefront and it's still sort of not, but as we mature and grow, it just has sort of become that. And that's definitely not the the primary focus, but um, you know, it definitely helps us get at the initiatives of where we want to go as an organization. Well, I uh, just figured out how Matt Munley makes his quota um, <laughs> in order to keep his job as the ticket guy every year because the Brotherhood is obviously buying a lot. Way to not work hard, Munley. Um, well, I, I will. I'll let you go, Frank, with one last question. I assume he was he was possibly down in the. Uh, uh, down at the Hilton Head uh, golfing venture, but I, I assume who's a better golfer between you and Lilla Florin? It's got to be you, right? You're not letting Lilla Florin represent Class of '92 over you at '91, right? I think I can maybe get Lily, although he's getting better. So uh... <laughs> he's all in shape now. You gotta you gotta look out for the for the guys. He's, he's thinner than I am now, which is which is frightening, but. Uh, Maybe maybe if uh, we ask nicely, he can let us all into the lily pad for this current football year. Yeah, it's a pretty packed uh, house in there. But yeah, <laughs> Lily runs the 92 team and then Don Jack and uh, Scott Carson and a few others run the 91 team. So uh, it's definitely a, a good time golfing with the guys. Well, I'll tell you what, we're looking forward to hopefully teeing it up with you at the newly renovated Naval Academy golf course and then hopefully seeing you and and. Uh, you know, sharing a pregame beverage or a meal uh, in a proper way post-COVID once uh, Marshall comes calling here in the fall. So, Frank, on behalf of the whole Sing Second uh, sports team, thank you very much for joining us, and we wish you good luck as you uh, go through the spring and summer. Appreciate it. Go Navy. Beat Army. As always, let's sing second. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Frank Shank of the great class of 1991. We are going to go to break, and when we come back, we are going to be joined by the Patriot League Tournament Heroin, uh, Molly Swiger, one of my favorite people, uh, cyber operations major and overall great person. So stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at we sing second. That's at we sing second. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, we are back. 
so happy to be joined in our athlete segment with midshipman first class Molly Swiger. She is a return visitor to the pod, uh, one of the goalkeepers on the Naval Academy women's soccer team. And if you were watching uh, ESPN Plus, as this former O-Rep was uh, over the weekend, you noticed that Molly got the call off of the bench during the PKs to lead Navy to an incredibly exciting win over the Red Raiders of Colgate. So Molly, we were just talking to Frank Shank of the Football Brotherhood Class of 91, and he was talking about how the year that he won the Army-Navy game with a 32-yard field goal, the week before they played at Delaware and lost to Delaware 10-9 because he missed a field goal. Um, And we always talk about what the physical mission teaches you, that you know once you get punched, it's about getting up and, and learning from that punch and driving forward, not getting punched and staying on the canvas and feeling sorry for yourself. Now, you didn't have an occasion like that, but you've been ready and willing and, and capable and cheering on your teammates from the bench as the backup GK all year. And then all of a sudden, the penalty shootout comes and you get the call from Karen and Rob to get between the pipes for the PK. What was going through your head? And, and what feelings did you have about, about your readiness for a challenge like that? All right, well, thank you again for having me on, John. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thinking back to last week, we, uh, we do a good job of practicing penalty kicks whenever it comes time for tournament, just because, you know, it's, you never want to go to penalty kicks, but if you do, you want to be ready for it. Um, so we were fortunate enough to have practiced and have been prepared. And um, earlier in the week, I was told by the coaches that if we did go to penalty kicks, that I would be the goalkeeper stepping in for there. Um, obviously, throughout the season, um, we have a core group of four goalkeepers who we train together every single day. We push each other. We all, we all want everybody to get better. Um, and then looking to Maddie throughout the season, just she's been absolutely incredible as a freshman in you know, in goal, she's just performed super well. So, um, but you know, it's, it comes through the training that we do, the coaching that Mike Melton gives us, um, the reps that we do every single day. So we're all working together as a unit. And, you know, if anything were to happen, if Maddie were to get injured, if, if, you know, all of us have to be ready at all times to, if our number was called to be step up. Um, so when it came time for, you know, the second overtime period starting, um, Mike told me, all right, you got to go warm up. Um, It's kind of like, all right, this is a big moment, but it's not something that I wasn't prepared for. It's not something that I hadn't trained for. So um, I, you know, got my hands warm, got a couple of dives in. And then um, when, you know, time expired and they said, we're going to penalty kicks, just kind of took a deep breath. and was like, all right, you know what, you've, you've been training for this. Um, You, you, you can do this. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough that it worked out in my favor. So before I kick it over to Wags for the next question, you know, you, you, you see in the Premier League, you know, that, um, you know, goalkeepers have an idea uh, of, of the stats of where guys are going. Hey, Wayne Rooney usually goes top right. Bruno Fernandez goes bottom left. Um, did you have a scouting report on, on what the possible PK shooters for Colgate, where they were going? And if I remember correctly, the, the first one scored and then you stopped the next two. Uh, what was, you know, walk us through those next two that you saved. Did you know where they were going or did you just guess right? Um, so sometimes we have scouting reports, but actually we didn't have any data on the girls who were taking PKs this year. So it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was very interesting. 
So the, I, you know, I was kind of hoping maybe one of the girls who came up, we would know which way she was going, but it was very much uh, just try and read, you know, where their hips are pointing, where, where they're, where they're looking at and, and just go. Um, and like I said, very lucky that I was able to guess right and get those, those last two. Wags. Well, one of the things that Karen told me after the game when she said that you were the designated PK goalkeeper was that you're intimidating as, as the goalie on PKs. What do, what do you do? Do you growl at the shooters? Do you bark or chirp? What are you doing to be intimidating? Yeah, no, no growling. Um, I like to go up to the uh, six-yard box. That's kind of the edge of where I'm allowed to go. Just kind of got to make myself as big as possible. Um, I'm like 5'10", so, you know, you spread the arms, get the wingspan going, kind of like shake your gloves in, in their face. Um, and then like slowly back towards the line, maybe like <laughs> put your arms up again down there. Um, but no, no growling. <laughs> Well, so one of the things that Karen was really proud of was that the seniors stepped up. It was a big game, a tight game, and, you know, Emily scores the winning PK. You you come up big with stopping two of the three shots you faced. Um, Christina D., um, John, go ahead. You know, I love you. He loves to say it. John Japanian. Yes. Christina D., uh, scored the goal in regulation. Can you just talk about how cool that was for you seniors to play a prominent role in helping Navy get back to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was such a surreal moment, but it almost felt like the entire day was scripted. I mean, you have team captain, she scores an amazing goal um, in the first half. And then Emily and I get the opportunity to um, carry the team in the penalty kick shootout. And you know, it's something we've been working all year towards. We wanted to be regular season champions of the Patriot League. We did that for the South Division. We wanted to make it to the um, finals of the tournament. We wanted to win, and we want to go to NCAAs. So um, it's something that the senior class has been very passionate about, and obviously working towards for our four years, and then just getting the opportunity to um, really be the ones to carry the team through that. Um, obviously, it's a whole team effort. We, we couldn't have done it without all of the effort of all the girls throughout the entire game, but um, especially when Emmy was able to just um, score that final goal, just sprinted over her. And, you know, Emmy and I had a kind of special moment in the huddle, just hugging each other. And um, it was a really special moment for us. It was awesome. So now talk about getting back to the NCAA tournament. You all were there uh, in 2019. You have experience. How excited are you for going back to the highest level of your sport? We are incredibly, incredibly thrilled and grateful for the opportunity. Um, I, I think back to when the ROM started for Naval Academy, and I didn't even know whether or not we were going to have the rest of our season. Uh, so I think it really helps getting a little bit of perspective every single day. I'm just super grateful for the opportunity to practice, the opportunity to be out there with my, with my teammates and just continue to play soccer. Um, but then you think about NCAA tournament and you're going up against some girls who are just extremely talented, some teams who just can play the ball with extreme pace, precision, um, score some fancy goals and make some awesome defensive stops. So just being a part of the tournament in itself is an incredible opportunity. Um, and we're extremely thrilled. And, you know, we kind of have a little bit of a pause now. We played, what was it, four or five games over a span of three weeks. Um, you don't get a lot of training. You don't get a lot of opportunities to kind of work on the parts of your game that need to be improved. So, now we've got, um, what is it, seven days now to get ready for this next game 
against New Mexico. Um, and we do have experience. We know what kind of effort, what kind of um, mental preparation, what kind of physical preparation are going to be required to show up on a big stage like that. So we're really excited to get after this week in training um, and kind of put our brand of Navy soccer at the NCAA tournament. And last for me, obviously, New Mexico is a very good team. They won the Mountain West Conference with a 10-1 and record. But it's not North Carolina, which it seems like every time Navy gets into the tournament, they have to go play North Carolina, which is always ranked top five usually. I mean, they're just a perennial powerhouse, and it's a big ask. Um, I, I think, you know, this is a, a team that you feel confident you can beat. I mean, of course, every team that you draw the NCAA tournament, they didn't get there by accident. So you got to go in with the proper level of respect. We gotta, we're got we facing a really good team out of the Mountain West Conference. Um, divisional champs, like you said, their record's um, really solid. So, um, no, they're not like number one, number two ranks, North Carolina. Um, but they're a physical, they're an aggressive, attacking-oriented team who we're going to have to work and be disciplined against um, in order to get a result. But like I said, we're not going there just to play. We're going there to win. So we have every intention of leaving our mark on this tournament. Chris, anything from you? Well, first off, it is this is the second time we had, as John, as you mentioned, this is the second time we've talked to Molly. Um, and it's hard not to be impressed by Molly and her teammates. Uh, I mean, Molly, the, the poise and um, – the excitement for what you do really comes through e even on zoom. So thank you again for, uh, um, you know, for chatting with us. What will you take away from this year as you go to Wilson, North Carolina uh, next week um, and, and, you know, you play um, New Mexico in some ways, this is kind of the easy part of the year for you guys, right? Playing soccer is easy as compared to everything that you and your teammates have worked through. Um, I mean, can you put, just as we wrap up, can you put all that into perspective for us uh, one last time? Yeah, I think the key word right there is perspective. I spoke a little bit about it earlier, but, you know, throughout the whole season, it's, are we going to have a game? Okay, now that we've got this game, like we have to win this one to get the next one. Um, and we, we talk about it a lot at training. It's, you can put Navy women's soccer through anything and we're going to find a way to fight there and come out on top. Um, so as we go down to North Carolina, you know, we get a little bit of break from the academy, but it's, you still have to find a way to stay disciplined. This is not a vacation. This is, we're going down there on a mission. Um, so it's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of focus, um, but it's not something that we haven't been training for. It's not something that we haven't been fighting for, preparing for throughout the entire season. And even back to the fall, um, we played against some some pretty big teams in Pitt and Virginia Tech. So um, we faced uh, faced some powerhouse teams before, and and we'll definitely face them again. So uh, I think we got we got a really good chance coming up here. Well, Molly, John and I are going to be there. Uh, we have the opportunity for work to be in that area. So we're going to drive and uh, we're, we're looking forward to uh, cheering you guys on uh, to, to victory. I, I would not want to play the Navy women's soccer team in the first round of the uh, NCAAs. I mean, for all the things that you just said and the confidence that, that you exude. So uh, I'm excited. Best of luck. And we look forward to seeing you uh, next week. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, Molly, as we go out, how's your uh, capstone on the cybersecurity maturity model certification going? <laughs> because that's just a small academic thing you have on the side, right? I mean, we're just, 
we're going to the NCAA tournament, but yeah, there's this giant capstone on this enormous DOD program. How's that going? Uh, it's actually going very well. My partner and I actually officially just wrapped. Um, we created our little 10 minute video presentation, kind of summarizing um, our whole project and what we've really taken away and what we've learned from it. So I'm very excited to have completed that project. And uh, I think the poster is actually being printed right about now. So um, very proud of all the work that we've put in towards that over the past year. Well, way to go, MSC, coming through in the clutch. Um, well, hey, Molly, like Chris said, we're going to be down there. Uh, we cannot wait to go down there and fanboy it in the loudest and most annoying ways possible. So, so stand by to listen for our high baritone screams of uh, support for you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. We'll look forward <laughs> all to right, seeing you. Thanks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Molly Swiger, um, the winning goalkeeper from the Patriot League final uh, game. She and Maddie combined to just a- absolutely kill it and, and get us to the next level, which is where we want to be. And that is in the NCAA tournament next week. As a reminder, Tuesday, April 27th, 6 p.m. in Wilson, North Carolina, taking on the New Mexico Lobos um, so Molly Swiger, thank you once again. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to bring this baby out. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at We Sing Second. That's at We Sing Second. Now back to the pod. We are back. Um, what an awesome conversation with uh, Frank Shank and with Molly Swiger, and uh, really enjoyed breaking down uh, what's going on, you know, with the lacrosse programs as we go forward uh, this coming Saturday. For for those uh, who are interested, let me bring up the uh, calendar. Like we said, we've got the big uh, men's tennis Patriot League tournament there up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, we have uh, track and field with the Navy Invitational. That's at 11 a.m. Uh, out on Ingram Field. Women's lacrosse with that big game at American at noon um, on Saturday. Men's lacrosse against Army at noon on Saturday. Baseball has Holy Cross. And the women are playing BU uh, up at West Point. Women's tennis playing BU. Um, and then let's not forget that Nadia St. Marie's women's golf team is playing in the Patriot League Championship up in Bethlehem. So as, as we go out, um, Wags, I'll give you a, kind of the final word on what you're looking at. In addition to everything else, has there been any like gouge that's come out of spring football or, or anything else that you've dropped in the capital that people should look to to read? Well, spring football is rolling along and, uh, I believe this is the last week of spring football we're in. Um, and they had, uh, they've been having scrimmages on Saturdays that I'm hearing are productive. And, you know, every time we do a zoom call with the coaches each week, we have a couple coaches, one offensive and one defensive. Uh, this past week we had, um, the slot backs coach, Joe Dupay, and we had the defensive line coach, uh, Jericho. He coaches the nose guards and defensive tackles. They were very good. But what, one thing the coaches say all the time is that football is getting after it. They are hitting. They are being physical. They are rebuilding that toughness that we've come to associate with Navy football here. Um, 
I'm really looking forward to this Army Navy game. Army's legit. Army is very good. I'm really interested to see how Navy fares against our tribal Army. This is going to be a huge test for the mids. And, uh, you know, no better way to go into this game than off of a great win over Loyola. And let's not forget, I'm hoping it's a beautiful day on Saturday. I haven't looked at it, the weather, but let's not forget that Bill Belichick will be receiving the keys to the city from Annapolis Mayor Gavin Buckley at halftime of that contest. So, you know, I, I think as many fans as we can get into Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on Saturday, that would be great because it's going to be a great lacrosse game and a great ceremony for one of our, our sons of the city, a real hero of the city, Bill Belichick. Well, you would think that it would be Navy women's soccer or Navy women's lacrosse playing on Saturday because the forecast right now is for just horrible rain. So, uh, so Ward Ward won't be missing anything. But you know, Ward, as the resident Annapolitan, and I'll let you have the last word. I was struck by this past weekend in Annapolis. The boat show was back, albeit out in Stevensville. Although a lot of the boat show revelers were in Annapolis, I know. You know, I think I think this entire podcast now is double vaccinated and 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 ready to ready to reassimilate our way into life. What, what have you noticed anything about DTA coming back to life with normalcy, or is it is it still kind of kind of dead to the world? No, it's not. It's absolutely not dead to the world. And you know, mids on Liberty. Yes, we're seeing crowds. West Street's got your standard, uh, you know, Sunset Boulevard traffic jams going on from time to time. There's a vibrancy that's returning. It's it is very encouraging, and and uh, you know it's the signs of life. Um, they the mayor basically said our return to normal milestone is the Fourth of July. So they're not doing a Memorial Day parade, but they will do a July Fourth parade as they look at the progression. You know the Max Vac site at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium is up and running. Um, so. You know, they are working very hard to get to push through the COVID pandemic and get back to normal. So we are seeing signs of that. And that's really cool. Yeah, I agree completely. And and here's hoping that as we get to commissioning week, we can do this podcast in person the way that we originally conceived. Um, hopefully we can uh, break bread and share some experiences about the uh, awesomeness of the physical mission uh, when we get there. Um, but, you know, the, a lot of time between now and then and a lot of sports to report to you. Um, for uh, Ward Carroll, and I'll put in the uh, plug right now, please search for Ward on his YouTube channel. It's incredibly informative and entertaining, a must-watch situation. Please uh, find Bill Wagner and his stories at the Capitol Gazette uh, online. And if you're an old person like me, uh, subscribe and get the paper copy for Ward and Wags and for our intrepid producer, Chris Cervello. For Chris, Ward and Wags, I am John. We are out. Sing Second Sports. Bye-bye. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.